Oh, hello, Nicole. Hi, Bam. <laughs> huh, I wonder what that redacted was about, because it wasn't our usual redacted, was it? No, it was not. Um, I think huh. our listeners are clever enough to... Uh, <sighs> read between the lines between the title of this episode and uh-huh. and that redacted that maybe um we are saying farewell oh my god nicole oh <laughs> my god nicole uh, man uh. this is the second time in as many years that we are saying goodbye oh my god um and this time um this is the end um <laughs> Thursday, kid. We have decided um, between us, the yes. two of us, that we need to um, end Thursday, kid, as a weekly podcast. Yes. Right. Um, yes. You know, this year has been very challenging. <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> what a euphemism! <laughs> it's been challenging, all right. Um, and it has been. Um, we have found ourselves in a bit of a creative rut sometimes with the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, you know, is no one's fault, but the world's. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful uh, pushing over to the next. You know what, though, Nicole, you're not wrong. I, yeah. I do think uh, it's important for us to stress that this is our decision. We have sat down. We have crunched the numbers such as they are. <laughs> Essentially, we basically sat down and we're like, fam, are we done? And we're like, yeah, we're done, fam. And and then we had like a slightly more in-depth conversation about this. And much as we love the show, um, I think it's time to just kind of, you know, shut the door in a very soft way. There are no slam doors. This isn't the good wife. No one is sliding some shit off someone's desk no it's a very genteel operation but it's time for us to kind of draw a veil over this particular part of the life of first aid kit yes um and again we want to stress this is our decision yep um we found a new home at slate which has been great we're so grateful that we were able to have uh this time to put out more episodes um you know there's no drama just want to make that (laughs) (laughs) listen the internet loves to sniff around thank you for saying it mary j there was no hateration or holleration in this dancery everyone was just having a good time yes uh but we just we just need to move on um from the show and again we're stressing the weekly podcast is over um We may continue to do live shows at some point when the world opens back up. We are definitely open to that. We hope people reach mm-hmm. out to us. Uh, we also want to make sure that people know that, yes, we do own a Thursday kit between us. And so yep. we can do whatever we want with it. Yep. Next. Yeah. So, you know, look out for some much, maybe. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if people want to reach out to us about because uh, I still want to do an anthology series based on our drabbles because the writing yep. that we did was so good. 
I refuse to even be fake modest. You're completely correct. We crushed it every fucking week. I mean, some people crushed it more than others. Let's be very fair. Oh, but I also think I'm just saying, fam, like there's no point even just like, like we know. Um, But I do, I do want to stress, like Nicole said, and I want to restress what she has already stressed. This is on our own terms. This, this iteration of first aid kit as an identity is uh closed. But we are still very much out there, out here even. And if there are opportunities for us to do stuff, live shows, a freaking live tour, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, all that other stuff that we can kind of take the time to gather and do something. We definitely are 100% open to that. We want to be on the road again. I miss movie nights. I love yes. interacting with Thirst Buckets who come out. I mean, people have been in tears of like joy and camaraderie. Yes. Remember uh, Magic Mike? Someone was yes. crying when we left yes. Magic Mike because she was just so like overwhelmed by the experience. Yes. I love right. that. And remember the, the time we put on Dirty Dancing on the day of yes. the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. Yes. Yes. And there was a woman there with her, like her niece and she was like, this is her first time watching Patrick Swayze. And I looked at that girl's eyes and I thought to myself, something has happened here Yes, tonight. we have changed a life today. <laughs> I don't want to put myself as some kind of doctor on the frontier, but I do want to say we're out here changing lives, fam. Like, sure, I haven't done a heart transplant, <laughs> but I have done many a thirst transplant and I am very pleased with our record. Yes, yes. So we are open to um, see Thursday Kit continue in uh, more specific ways than just a a weekly podcast. How did this get made? Holler at us. We are more than ready to go on tour uh, or just, you know, be a guest on the show one time. I'm just saying, Jason, you can't come on our show and chant our entire listenership and then just like peace out. So (laughs) we want to come out and do some shows with How Did This Get Made? So let's get it made. (laughs) You see what I did there? (laughs) Um, I'm so sorry. I apologize to everyone involved. But Nicole is right. I think we definitely want to explore stuff. And again, the very important thing, which we haven't even said in, you know, straight terms is all of this is possible because we have such a sustained listenership. Like the people who tune in, we're talking from like our day ones to the people who discovered us because we, you know, they found us on another podcast Mm -hmm. or they replied to something on Twitter and there we were or whatever. Like I appreciate every single one. We appreciate every single one of our listeners. Uh, And we reserve a lot of love for the people who have not only taken the ride with us from the beginning, but had at every turn have been out there telling people about us, buying tickets to our live shows, um, sending in emails, people who sent in their travels, which I know for many people was like a big undertaking because it's very exposing, as we well know when we write our own travels, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be putting yourself out there like that. So all of this is down to a very, very loyal and loving listenership. Uh, So we want to thank the Thirst Buckets for riding with us this far. And just to let you know, this is not the end of Thirst Aid Kit as a concept or as a thing, because listen, we have been out here in these thirst streets. We, I mean, I want to be modest about it, but fuck modesty, it's 2020. (laughs) We We were at the top of the wave. You know, like as there was a writer in Vanity Fair who kind of helped encapsulate this perfectly. People have been calling 2019 or 2020 or 2018 the year of horny women, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? 
we were there first. We did it. We did it first. We did it first. We did it really well. And we continue doing it well. And part of the reason for that is that we had a listenership that was ready and waiting and really supportive and encouraging and just really with us in a way that I think we have been very lucky to experience. And I want to stress how thankful we are to every single listener who downloaded, who told people about us and who kind of essentially wrote odes of beauty and love <laughs> for the work we were doing on Thursday Aid Kit. So thank you. We do appreciate you. Yes. Thank you to all of our listeners, everyone who reviewed us, wrote about our episodes, um, you know, for different places online. Um, it has been it has been a journey. Um, you know, we did not invent desire. We did not invent lust. We did not invent women expressing desire or lust, but we definitely helped shape the language around it, current day language around it. And, um, you know, we don't want to say that we were the first people here, um, but, you know, there have been a lot of people who have been horny on Maine, shall we say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we were able, like Bim says, to put it in um, in a particular accessible way, I think. Um, and that is part of our success because we had so many different people from all different walks of life talking to us about how the show has affected them which we love to hear. We really appreciate that. Um, whether you are someone who is trying to relearn how to express yourself after, uh, you know, some tragedy, or you're just someone who just never had the chance and never thought that you could say these things. Um, we're glad that we were here for you. Um, and we hope that you have taken whatever you've learned from us um, and that you keep you know, expanding your thirst vocabulary. <laughs> hey, there's the scholar. She came out. I I fully, I mean, there's nothing to add. Nicole, you already nailed it. So with that, I think we can get on with the show. Um, we're not sad about this and you should not be sad about it either. This is not the end. It is merely a firm shutting of the door, of one door in a house of many doors. Exactly, exactly. So this episode isn't a full-on farewell, is it, Nicole? No, it's not. This is just a we'll meet again someday soon kind of thing. Hi. You know. Look at you. Wartime romance thing there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> this is not a goodbye. This is see you later. That's what there this you is. Go. Oh, um, I love that, Nicole. Um, but we do want to share a few things. Um, we asked on Twitter if there were any redacteds that you wanted us to reveal. Um, and yes. as all our listeners know, the redacteds are what we begin each episode with. Um, and we bleep out certain words. And actually, you know, they're actually very innocent and sweet. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing naughty about them at all, but we just want our listeners to fill in the blanks um, with their That's own imagination. <laughs> With their own imaginations, um, but we will share the originals uh, for a few of them per your yes. request. Yes, exactly. This is definitely something that people, it's been weird to see people kind of misunderstand. 
Mm-hmm. In a way, mm-hmm. what the uh, redacted segment at the top of the show is, it's not erotic fiction, as we have seen in a couple of otherwise very lovely and accurate reviews. <laughs> it is a sort of um, game. We can't, we're not going to use the name of the copyrighted game that was definitely an inspiration for us, <laughs> but. It is a case of fill in the blanks. Um, And like Nicole said, they are very often sweet, almost always deeply silly. Um, And (laughs) the beep is always the place where you get to, you know, like Craig David sang, fill me in. You get to go on in and, you know, make it what you want it to be. And I have to say, a lot of you are really filthy because Nicole and I are out here writing sweet little odes to our faves and you're out there imagining some dirt (laughs) i'm almost embarrassed to reveal what we have written but you know what so am i (laughs) let's go for it All right. Okay. So one of the requests we got was for uh, a redacted revealed for the Chris Evans episode, which you may remember from our very first uh, season finale. Uh, We'd had like a really wonderful run of episodes Mm -hmm. and then we landed the very big fish uh, of Mr. Chris Evans. Hi, Chris. I know you're not listening, but hello, Chris's people. (laughs) Um, It'd be nice if you, you know, pop by if you're in New York in the future. We still want to have that drink. Um, Yes. And there you go. <laughs> wow, you leaned into the mic to say that. You were like, yes. All right. So, Chris, call us. Anyway, we did a redacted for that episode, which is very difficult because once you spoke into a first object, it becomes infinitely harder to write something very silly and suggestive about them. But anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Chris wraps his hand around my ankle as he tightens his grip to use it to pull me closer, I see his bicep flex. He lowers his head slowly, tilts it to the side, never taking his eyes off my new tattoo. <laughs> is that is that for me? He asks. I bite my lip and nod wordlessly. His laughter is pure and delighted. <laughs> so all the exaggerated emphasis i put on those words those were the original bleeps but you see how sweet and lovely that was that was just chris congratulating me on a new tattoo but you people took it to some filthy places and i'm proud of you <laughs> nicole who's who are you gonna do next um <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're a menace uh people asked um about the charlie cox redacted that i did so um yes here is that okay i'm ready (laughs) charlie stretches his upper body towards the sun the hair on his chest glinting i watch droplets of sweat run down his neck and i involuntarily lick my lips oof yeah that really could have gone yeah that was yeah i see that yeah yeah i see that yeah yeah Somehow his upper body towards the sun is not nearly as suggestive as what the bleep did. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. So this next one that I did was for Brian Tyree Henry. I love that episode. I love that that episode too. But I also, as much as I love the conversation that we had about Brian, this redacted in particular is so the opposite of sexy in every way (laughs) 
that it is a wonder that Nicole got this to sound as disgustingly dirty as she did. Kudos to you, Nicole. You really are a marvel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Turn over. Lie on your belly, I tell Brian. I press the thumb into a pimple on his back. He inhales sharply. Do you want me to keep going? I ask. Yeah, he moans into the pillow. <laughs> okay, so now listen. There was only one long beep in this redacted, and it was covering a pimple on his back. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so repulsed and delighted while you read a, a redacted in the whole history of the show. Because it's a pimple. Yes, but you know that is also a part of intimacy, right? Like, let me. I didn't say it wasn't let, intimate, Nicole. Yeah. I said it was disgusting. <laughs> Let me, you know, take care of this hair bump for you. Let me bust this pimple on your back. Is that what they're calling it now? Yes. <laughs> Let me bust this pimple on your back. <laughs> well, Pim, you have one. You have another one, right? I do. I do. I, I really enjoyed this one as well, because, again, it was just a very basic uh, travel that was elevated by a well-timed beep. Um, it's for Joshua Jackson. Uh Listeners may remember that episode as one in which Nicole and I essentially overheated and combusted <sighs> in the studio because Pacey Witterman. Anyway, this was about Joshua. Uh, <clears throat> Open up, Joshua said, as he dipped his French fries in the ketchup and pressed it to my lips. I shouldn't, I murmured, but I opened wide anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> Just a bit of chips, babes. Just some chips. Just a chip and some ketchup. It was very, very innocent. But again, a well-timed beep will do wonders. It really will. Um, All right. So this one is actually quite recent. This next one that you're going to read from. Uh, people do love this particular character. And you wrote something uh, wonderful for him, didn't you, Nicole? Yes. I, I you know, I did. Yes. <laughs> Don't be modest. Lean in. I did, she said. Yes. Hot Farmer Jeremy pulled out his guitar and settled down in front of the bonfire. His voice came out strong and oh I God. settled in for more. You know what? <laughs> she said his voice came out strong. Is that what came out strong? I see, I see, I see, I see. I love it. Hey! <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I think to myself, what surgery would I get? I'd make my tongue longer so i could do a much more satisfying auntie cackle because it just, I, I know that's not the surgery people expect but it's the one i want um nicole you have a final redacted revealed from again another of our very very popular episodes about a, a tiny a tiny scottish dynamo oh you know i love me a pocket rocket um, i know you do yes james mcavoy okay mm -hmm. <clears throat> james holds the spoon in front of my mouth I close my eyes as a bitter sweetness floods my tongue. Only you, I say, can make me take that cold medicine. That's disgusting. Foul. Filthy. She said a bitter sweetness. <laughs> and I'm going to travel to where you are in Brooklyn and fight you physically <laughs> in your own home. Because you said, so a, nasty. you said a bitter sweetness floods my tongue and... I don't know about the rest of the thirst buckets, but I began to fan myself. My, my armpits were, they were spicy. They really were. Ooh. What a time. What a time. So we hope you enjoyed that little peek behind the curtain of a redacted. 
as we said it was all sweet fluff and you people made it disgusting and till the day i die i will thank you all for taking part <laughs> in that needless <laughs> transaction of disgusting filth <sighs> love you all <laughs> your imaginations disgusting <laughs> One of the things I really loved um, about doing this show weekly was that sometimes we got to bring in a guest and not just any guests. Um, we were very lucky. We put out about 500 million requests to get <laughs> some of our thirst object fades in the room. And uh, oftentimes it was like, oh, they can't do it because they're this, they're that. And it was like, oh, man, because as Nicole and I would often say privately, oh, man, that would have been the best interview of so-and-so's career and we were right i think i think again we're throwing false modesty out with the final episode <laughs> we would have rocked their world interview wise wouldn't we absolutely i mean we are phenomenal interviewers we ask great questions we are charming yes. um yes. one of the things and this is not just us saying this mm. anyone who has been our producer been behind the window with us has seen the way our guests fall for us, that are yes. they are so charmed by us. Um, yep. You know, I've tweeted this before, but a lot of times we ask for just 30 minutes of their time because we're trying to be respectful of their very busy schedules. Uh -huh. And we end up getting two hours worth of right. conversations from them right. um, because right. they were so impressed by us. They were so interested in what we were talking about and we were just great, okay? That's it. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about legally changing my name to Bim Toot Toot. I don't want me. <laughs> because honestly, all we do is win. Like, I have listened to some of those interviews as if I didn't half conduct them. And I'm just kind of like, oh, that's a great question, Bim. I mean, um, self. Like, it's real. <laughs> like, we are out here and just kind of like doing what I think is some of the better interviewing on podcasts about a topic that we think deserves this much space and maybe even more pop culture desire lust female desire all that good stuff um but we were lucky enough to get quite a few people in either on the phone or via skype or in person and i guess we can just do a little quick rundown of some of our favorite moments um from some of the guests that we had who were game enough to kind of have a conversation uh, with us in the studio. Um, I'm going to talk very quickly about um, the very first celebrity first object that we had in the studio. And that was uh, Charlie Cox. And I think he was a little bit um, apprehensive is a strong word, but mm. I think he didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, like he came into the studio, he had a couple of his people with him and he had like a look of someone who was kind of like, what have I signed up for? Um, yes. <laughs> bless him and then he came in you know and there were cameras there because of course there is video of this of this interaction and you can see him like his shoulders are a little bit high he's kind of like uh, i don't know what this is mm -hmm. and by the end of it we are laughing across the desk and we are like and that was also the one where he was kind of like oh i like your earrings bim mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you were like oh i'm wearing earrings too charlie <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> no that's not what happened i know i know no, I just love that story so much. I'm sorry, please. Correct no, the record. Correct he, the record. No, I think he he did say he liked your earrings. And yes. then I think I was 
I said something and he was like, oh, and I like yours too. And I was like, you don't have to do that. Like, yes, you know? that was, I just love the way you were just like, uh, that's enough out of you, Charlie. And it made me laugh because it was just, he was so clearly, you know, he was trying to kind of get a measure of us and was yeah. like, you know, being polite and nice. And you were like, oh, it's okay, Charlie. Uh, yeah, thanks. like, <laughs> I appreciate. You could put that in your pocket, but yes, thank you. But, you know, it was very much a, um, a parent thing, right? To yes. make sure that all the siblings got equal love. Right, right. <laughs> Right. And he was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't. Yeah. And I, I love him for that. that. That to me was the first moment when I thought, oh, he's a sweetheart. Like, this yeah. is going to be this is going to be great. And I just loved I loved everything that followed that. You know, he, we were asking him questions that you can tell he hadn't been asked in, the, in that, quite that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were interested in the work, but also in the core mission of the podcast, which is to kind of like investigate the ideas of, you know, female desire. And the fact that, you know, as Charlie Cox, but also as Daredevil, a.k.a., you know, Matt Murdock, Mm -hmm. there were some people who had some feelings. Like, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the hallway, the one-shot hallway fights. Yeah, yeah. But not doing it in the usual terms of, like, technical ability. Like, oh, and then we were just kind of like, so did you know when you were filming it that that was going to be hot? (laughs) Right. Like, let's talk about those black jeans, Charlie. Like, that was... And then you asked the amazing question of like, sir, do you wax or do you shave? And he was like, wax? No. And I was like, this is the detail you don't get in any other podcast. Right. Because so often women are asked, okay, so what was your diet in order to get into the Catwoman suit or like Mm -hmm. whatever? And it's not... um, it's not about how much work did the women put into their characters. It's about what did you do to your body to get so skinny? Right. That's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when men are talking about their um, workout routine as actors, they get like this full spread in men's health. And, right. you know, we see their trainers and all this kind of stuff, which is great. We appreciate that. But also... How do you feel about all of this work that you're doing to your body and the ways people's uh, perceptions of you change with that right. stuff, right? right? And men don't get asked that. So we ask those questions and you can see them just kind of being like, huh. And they will tell us, they will say, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Right. Which to me is like, I, I always I always have like a little like bump of pride when they say that because i'm like yeah you just because you hadn't been interviewed right so right you haven't been interviewed <laughs> correctly you haven't been interviewed by black women how about that mm. how about hey, that how about that <laughs> why don't you cash me outside nicole how about that <laughs> like that was always the thing that i would always kind of tick off the minute someone in an interview says oh i've never been asked that before and i'm like well welcome you're in you're breathing in rarefied air right now sir yeah, because we, we also tried to make sure that we asked um, our guests, our celebrity guests, when are you going to put some black women in your movies, in your right. TV shows as right. leading roles? Because right. um, some of them did have the clout to do that, you know, to recommend yeah. to uh, make some recommendations about who they wanted. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. Um, this isn't a guest that we had, although we tried our best to make it happen. But we did an episode about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. And um, as we were trying to make some things happen, um, his people let us know that they had listened to the episode and listened to our critique of him because yes. he talks uh you know, a good game, and he is very, you know, he seems to be a feminist, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of the work that he had done was not with a woman director, was not with a female director. Right. And, um, you know, his people let us know, 
And they said, you'll be happy to know that his <laughs> next film, he'll be working with a female director. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> right, like, thank you for making that note. You know what would be better? If you also tell them to come on the show, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, but I was, again, edified to kind of hear that. To kind of, oh, people are listening. And they, I'm not saying he took on the job because two black women critiqued him. Right. But I'm also saying, didn't he? Mm. I mm. mean... We're part of the, I don't know, I'm, I'm making a lot of stuff up. But anyway, my yeah. point is, his people listened, they heard, and they responded to that. And I do think that that was a small responsibility that I was very happy to kind of have in those situations where we got a chance to present questions. Um, I know that Nicole had a whale of a time when Wilson Bethel came into the studio as well. <sighs> oh my gosh, he is so... <laughs> ch- like, I... Oh my gosh. Uh, I was really confused for a while after he left because I was like, do I like him? Oh my <laughs> God. You know, like as a, in real life. Um, yes. But yeah, he was really, he was really sweet and charming and mm-hmm. just game for all of our questions. And, um, you know, he was physically in the studio with us and he even took time to leave a little message for one of our co-workers, Alana yes. Bennett, who had also been on the show um, as a guest before. And, you know, he was just really sweet and thoughtful. And he, was. he, he let was. us take pictures with him all over the place. And he was just great. He was He, he was really, really was. I, I remember just like the moment where we were talking, because, you know, we're both fans of Heart of Dixie, loved Wade Kinsella, um, mm-hmm. the character he played on it. And we were saying how much we loved Wade and we watched the show and blah, blah, blah. And then he just did a Wade impression. And I remember Nicole and I essentially liquefying and sliding yes. to the ground because we be, we were just puddles. We're like, oh, my God, stop. And I, that, was my, <laughs> that was my least professional moment was when he did the Wade voice. And I was like, you know what? Open the studio door. I need some air. I am so sweaty right now. And plus, if he kind of like grinned really wickedly, like, oh, yes. I see. Yes. And I was like, I love you, Wilson. Yes. I love you. Yes. What a game guy. Uh, one of the things that happens a little later in um, us doing the show, someone, um, you know, was kind of like, you know, be careful when you're interviewing some, you know, these guys, make sure that you remember that they're married or whatever mm-hmm. and don't get too thirsty. <sighs> um, and so that that bothered me because we have always been professional, even as we joke with these people. And Wilson Bethel was joking with us. And when he did the Wade Kinsella voice, I was like, okay, stop playing it. You know, I gave it a little back to him, but also I was in the middle of asking him a question and I wanted to stay on tra- on task with my question yeah. and, you know, keep it as professional as possible, even as we stay jokey and funny and silly and whatever. And right. There has never been anything inappropriate. Um, like, we don't really need to say this, but I feel like I'm just going to say it anyway. There's never been anything uh-huh. in- inappropriate. Um, as much as people would like there to be a real Bimzukas uh, situation, <laughs> <laughs> there is none. Or maybe there is, and you'll never know. Who knows? But the point right. is, um, you don't need to tell us to remain professional because we always are. Exactly. Thanks for saying. It. And I, I, I feel exactly the same way. I don't think we need to. But bearing in mind some of the replies is like, first of all, wh- who do you think we are? Like, <laughs> this isn't a movie. This is real life. Like, we are doing a job. It's a very fun job. And it is for sure entertaining for you to listen to and for us to conduct. But yes, we were always doing a job. And I don't know, it felt I, I, I remember seeing those messages and kind of being like, huh, 
I don't know why you would would you do this with and again not to make this essentialist but i was like would you ask a man not not like what what right. are we doing here what what is this what like do you want to flirt with this person in a feeling away so you're projecting i don't know but like nicole said we always turned up did a great job and the result is always in the fun tone you can hear in the interviews everybody is relaxed and able to give really thoughtful smart engaged answers because they are having a good time. And I think there is no better situation to ask tough questions about something so personal and so intrinsic that is in humanity than when everybody's kind of laughing. And, you know, we've lubricated the conversation with banter and like chill laughs. Mm-hmm. And the door then opens a little bit wider. People are able to kind of give more of themselves. So I always love having people in house or on the phone or via computer or whatever, because I love the transition from them being a little bit, you know, stiff at the beginning of an interview. And then Mm -hmm. by the end of it, which, as Nicole pointed out, is often way more than the allotted time because they're having so much fun. And by the end of it, we're all kind of cackling and having a really good time. And at the same time, we have asked some fairly probing and searching questions about a fundamental thing such as culture and desire. And that always feels to me like a big win. Right. And I also want to say that anyone who did come into the studio that we saw physically in person, they were um, not only kind to us, but kind to our producers and acknowledged everyone that was around us in a very gracious and kind way. Um, So we don't have any regrets about anybody that we interviewed. None. which is very rare, okay? Right, right. <laughs> and we are not just saying this for, like, the air. We don't, like, get off the internet and kind of be like, ugh, what a bastard. Literally, I, I, at the end of every interview, I have turned to Nicole, or Nicole has turned to me, and we've said, wow, our taste is amazing. Because these people are amazingly warm, kind, personable, very human. And that always kind of just, like, again, it's that thing about just thinking to yourself, huh, I did pick right. I was right yes. to have a crush on you. <laughs> yes. Blair Underwood right. came to our studio. Oh, he was Blair. the last person we saw in person um, oh before the pandemic hit and everything. Um, but Blair Underwood came to our studio and he was so kind to everyone that he saw. It was amazing to see. Uh, one of our co-workers was walking by and she did like this d- double take and stutter stop thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was adorable. It and he, was. He, he just kind of smiled and acknowledged her and kept talking to us. You know, yes. he he was so kind to our producer, Jake Johnson, um, had oh. a moment with our producer Cher because they're both from Chicago and she was wearing her Chicago Cub shirt. And so he, you know, gave her some love. And it was so... It, Again, everybody has always been very kind to us and it yes. just um, helped drive home, like Bim said, that we know what the hell we're doing and picking the people <laughs> that we want to talk to and talk about. Exactly. Um, so we're just going to run through really quick all of our celeb thirst object guests um, just to acknowledge them, say thank you one more time. And we really appreciate giving us your time um, when you didn't have to and when you had no idea what we were going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Chris Evans, Rahul Kohli, Raleigh Ritchie, Charlie Cox, Wilson Bethel, (laughs) Wyatt Cenac. (laughs) I'm going to do a different sound for everybody. Okay. Blair Underwood. Jason Manzoukas. Wow. <laughs> Jake Johnson. Hey, hey. Mark Rubier. 
A. Daniel Day Kim. Ha 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 ha. And Kendrick Sampson. A. <laughs> you like that? That was very I like difficult. That. Yes. <laughs> I, I ran out of sounds, that. but I tried my best. Thank you so much for indulging me, Nicole. <laughs> So we also uh, want to thank um, some other guests who not everybody got to see, but hopefully uh, all our listeners got to hear because the good thing about doing our live shows is that they often ended up on the podcast anyway, so that even if you weren't able to join us uh, at our live events, you still got a taste of what had gone down. And we had some really wonderful live shows, um, which again, like Nicole said at the top of the show, we hope to continue doing in some capacity once the world reopens but we had uh alex jung was one of our live show guests um our very first live show guest and in fact maybe the first man yes. uh that we had on the show kind yes. of like talking about first so shout out to you alex you are a pioneer in this field um we also had critique malikarjuna who was our uh second guest on that live show uh Kyrell grant who was a guest on our very first international live show do you remember yes i do that was fun and our other guest from that same night was tk matunda who had a lot of thoughts about richard Aya ade if i re- remember correctly thank you all <laughs> for coming on our show and being amazing live show guests uh we appreciate you so much now, we also had plenty of guests in the studio with us, um, some of them because they were um, in a different country or a different states, you know, joined us via phone. Um, but we were able to get so many uh, pop culture experts, thirst yes. experts, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to talk to us about who they were feeling, who we were feeling. And it was all just uh, it was you know, it was beautiful. I'm just going to say it like to see all the people that we talked to um, and to hear them give number one, some incredible pop culture analysis. And number two, just some fun giggles and yes. <laughs> incredible <laughs> good times. Um, so we want to go through um, this list very quickly again to say thank you so much for being a part of the show and helping us, um, you know, leave this legacy of thirst oh nicole she's ladies and gentlemen she is a poet (laughs) i love it this legacy of thirst bitch yes um okay now i'm not gonna do any sounds um with you know what i'm not gonna do any sounds either feel free go all the way do you sis okay so we've got cynthia harris kritika malakarjana bridget minamore Gina Moore Barrett. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> just it's one of my favorite, favorite, oh, Gina. favorite She's a episodes. legend. A oh. legend in her own time. Oh, shout out to you, Gina. <laughs> Bolu Babalola. Danny Lavery. Tracy Clayton. Kendra James. Alana Bennett. Alexis Ned. Brittany Luce. Essence Gant. Kathy Tu and Tobin Lowe of Nancy Podcast. Hunter Harris, <laughs> Ishio K. Smith, and Kira Trabers of Cheers and Queers, Nicole Cliff, Ashley C. Ford, Drea Donna Rowland, hey. Matt Bellasai, Aminatu So, and Ann Freeman of Call Your Girlfriend, TK Dutess, Julia Furlan, 
Camila Salazar, Rebecca Weatherspoon, Vari McFarlane, Alyssa Cole, Jasmine Guillory, Alicia Ray, and Roxanne Gay. Hey, you made Ooh. a rhyme. All hey, right. Alicia yeah. Ray and Roxanne Gay. <laughs> oh, man. Hearing you read those people's names, I have got hot in the chest. I, I said I wasn't going to cry or get like no, over the top don't. emotional. And no. I'm not gonna. Nicole, I said I'm not, okay? <laughs> but hearing you read those names and just remembering talking to these people um, has filled me with a very, a very uh, soothing warmth that we got to reach out to people and more often than not, in fact, almost always, the response was one of excitement and happiness that they got to talk about the stuff that was exercising them specifically in this arena. And they all did it so well. Again, much like our celeb thirst objects kind of being exactly what we had hoped for them to be. Mm. All of our guests uh, were just amazing. And, you know, Nicole and I think we do a really great job on the show. I mean, it's important for us to think that otherwise we wouldn't <laughs> be able to put a show out. But what I love is that every single one of our guests enhanced what was already present. And that is a rare thing. And I'm so glad that the chemistry mix was always, always right. And people really came on and were able to talk about the things that they wanted to talk about. And we were open to that. And um, yeah, uh, love all of our guests, every single one of them. They really added uh, some real some real value to already what we thought was a, a pretty solid product. And then they came on and it was like, oh, but now it's edged in gold. So <laughs> thank you to all our guests. So thank you to The Green Space uh, in Manhattan, where we had our very first live show. Thank you to Hot Docs, uh, where we, we did our first international live show. Thank you to Netflix, uh, who helped us put on a screening for To All The Boys. God, remember that? <laughs> thank you to Sci-Fi, who uh, we did a live show with, thanks to the co-hosts of Fangirls. So Sher Martinetti and Preeti Chiba. Thank you to the Sundance Film Festival. Do you remember that, Nicole? <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was this year, amazingly. Um, thank you to Facebook. We did a, a live show with them. Uh, thank you to New York Comic Con. We hope to come back one day uh, and we hope you'll let us back in because we had fun at Comic-Con. Uh, thank you to Alamo Draft House, the very first place that we did uh, one of our thirsty movie nights. Everyone remembers the Magic Mike night because that was a raucous night. <laughs> thank you also to the IFC Center, which is where we did Point Break and also Dirty Dancing. And speaking of movies, thank you for the movie This One's for the Ladies, who we put on a screening with, as well as a Q&A with a couple of the stars. And it was a fun time at the cinema. I've never blushed so hard watching a movie. <laughs> so thank you to every single one of our co-collaborators. We, we just are grateful and thankful that you took the time to kind of accommodate us and take care of us. And we hope to do much more with you in the future. Before we get into um, what may be our last drabbles uh, as a weekly podcast. Hey, what a wonderful <laughs> caveat. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> we do want to talk about the significance of them and writing them um, almost every week and what that's meant to us and what that's meant to our listeners. Um, it has been such a fun exercise for me. I, you know, 
I love romance novels. We both do. I have always wanted to write a romance novel. Um, and so writing these drabbles has helped me realize that maybe I can actually do that and I might be good at it and um, that I can write something that's not, you know, even though I get the, um, I get the steamy label between the two of us, <laughs> even though there's hardly ever any actual sex that happens in my drabbles. Um, I do write other things. And so writing these drabbles and being able to write around the stuff that happens in the bedroom or elsewhere um, has been important to me because it helps me realize um, wow, that I could do this, that maybe writing a romance novel um, is actually on the agenda. So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the people who, you know, fuss at me. Nicole, when are we going to get this in a romance novel? <laughs> <laughs> That's the voice. That's how I hear it when I see yeah. the tweets. <laughs> that was uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really appreciate everybody encouraging me to write the romance or write an extended version of the drabbles that I've put out. So thank you. I want to also thank Bim for her encouragement um, when we write these drabbles and we share them. And, uh, you know, thank you, Bim, for the idea of doing this. Um, stop, Bim came stop, up with the idea of stop, fanfic stop, wars. Stop, I'm going to cry. And I said I wasn't no, going to stop. We, no, we're not crying. We you, not you, can't cry. Say, you can't say thank you, Bim, in a soft voice. And expect <laughs> to kind of be like, okay, like, come on. Yeah, it's saying emotional shit. And you're like, don't cry, bitch. And I'm crying. So anyway. Um, Ooh, okay. Yes. So thank you. Thank you to all the listeners who, um, you know, put aside their anxieties and their fears and wrote to us, um, sent in their drabbles. Maybe some of them were for the first time that they were actually writing something. Uh, some people, they said they had stopped writing for a long time and, you know, they heard us and went back to writing. So we really appreciate that. That made us feel incredible. Thank you. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say I won't ever write another Drabble again because I really enjoyed the exercise of it. Um, but this has been, um, you know, I really appreciated writing the Drabbles. So thank oh you. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. I don't know what to say now. I am so glad that we had the conversation about things to fill the show with. <laughs> in this exploration of you know desire because when we sat down to talk about this what we knew the only thing that we had like settled was the main conversation bit you know we were going to pick a first object we were going to talk about them we were going to break down their career and the various parts of what made them so alluring or whatever and we were trying and thinking about ways to both engage the audience and to engage ourselves and to you know switch it up and I think when we first started, the idea was to maybe do a drabble every other week or mm -hmm. every couple of weeks. And very clearly, uh, when we started it, the reaction was immediate <laughs> and it was like incredibly passionate. Like you must never, ever stop. And we were like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> every week. Um, but I'm glad that we did it because like you said, the exercise of it, um, for years, I thought I was really bad at writing dialogue. And even now, I don't write a lot of dialogue because I'm so worried about it sounding stiff and weird. But 
having to write these travels every week kind of made me uh well it forced my hand to kind of do the thing that i have always been most nervous about um and like you said i love reading fanfic um it is a huge part of my life has been for a very long time um and so the fact that we got to do this on the show uh and again i think fanfic is one of those things that a lot of people engage in either writing or reading but it didn't really feel right i think to put that stuff out there and even now i don't like to tell people the exact fanfic i'm reading i'm like do your research yourself i'm not going to tell you so (laughs) i do love when people kind of say oh my god i've gone looking for blah 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 and i found blah 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 because of something that we said on the show or whatever so i'm just like you nicole i am glad and grateful that we got to do it i'm so glad that we got a a steady audience of people who told us in no uncertain terms that they enjoyed what we were doing and to continue doing it and gave us so much love over the years like people still vote in these travels years later (laughs) we put the poll up and people still vote even from the get-go when we said hey there are no losers here we're all winners everyone's enjoying themselves but people still take part people still write emails to nicole specifically to kind of be like hey that travel you did fucked me up um and that's always lovely to hear lovely to see we still get messages on tumblr and then the best part of it all is that our fanfic encouraged you to write fanfic and we were very iffy at the beginning like oh can we do this about real people because i don't believe in shipping real people it's weird Mm -hmm, and awkward mm -hmm. but we made it very clear again that what we were writing was a sort of projection of fantasy onto another set of projections like these are just like situations that we one is a kind of highlight as i suppose um examples of the shape desire can take um and i'm really glad that we got to experiment so much i think we covered most genres except maybe horror um, uh, right yeah in, right i think we covered everything like you could make a very loose short film off of every single fic that we wrote on the show in these several seasons mm-hmm. so i'm super proud of, of of our travels too and yes it, it i got a little bit like a lead weight in my belly when i realized that i had to write a drabble for this episode and we didn't have the normally steadying anchor of a you know one first object to base it on so i don't know who nicole has written her uh fanfic about this week um and i'm excited to find out um but I knew as soon as I like it was settled that we were going to write Drabbles for this episode, I was like, oh, it has to be one of my longest running crushes. Um, and if you have listened to the show for more than five minutes, you probably know who it is because <laughs> I never shut up about him. Um, so I'm excited to read the Drabble today, Nicole. I cannot wait. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. So, Nicole, I decided to write my Drabble uh, about Andrew Lincoln. Surprise, surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Who else could it be, really? It couldn't be anyone else. Like, I think he may have been the first person I wrote a focused, like the first show that I focused a first object of my Mm, own. mm. You know, the British Bays episode, maybe? Yeah. I think that was when I first mentioned it. But like prior to that point, I had fancied him for more than half my life. Like, right. Uh, what was the show? Time. Teachers or something? Te- yeah. Oh, my God. Nicole, you really listen what I thought. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, it was Teachers. Um, but even before Teachers, uh, on this live, like the- Teachers is when I fell in love with him. But on this live, I remember kind of thinking, who the fuck is that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and just like being so uh, enamored uh, of him. And-, and then that only grew. And then by the time... 
he got to The Walking Dead and they, you know, finally paired him with um, Michonne, played by Denai Guerrero, I was like, bro, there's nothing you can do. I'm in. Like, I I love him. So this trouble is about Andrew Lincoln. Um, it is, in a way, a sort of parallel story to the end of First Aid Kit as a podcast. So that's what I was feeling when I wrote it. Mm. And so that's what's here. Okay. All right. Okay. You ready? I heard Andrew ask from the hallway, followed by the familiar vibrations of his signature tread across the floorboards. We had been here, in this house, for six years, and now it was time to go. He told me many years ago that home was wherever we were, but this building had been witness to so much of our lives, the ups, the downs, and naturally, the unnoteworthy middles. And so leaving now was heavier than anywhere else we'd ever stayed. I leaned my head back against the wall, but kept my eyes closed still, and I felt him sink to the floor beside me, denim thigh scraping against my bare leg. Your mum's handling the movers, he murmured. I think they've never had a supervisor quite like her before. I laughed at this, imagining my relatively tiny mother taking on the mountain-sized men charged with emptying out our home safely. She lives to order people around, I said. I felt Andrew's hand reach for mine, lacing our fingers loosely together. What's up, Bim? He asked, bumping our hands on my thigh. The tone of his voice made me narrowly open one eye to peer at him, and he smiled at my inadvertent pirate impression. I mean, I know you're going to miss this house, but what else? I sighed, knowing what I was going to say was not new and wasn't even very logical. I just don't know who I'll be outside of London, I said. He waited patiently, a thoughtful expression on his face. I know I can write anywhere, I continued, and I know there's more space, and I know life will be less stressful, but London is all I know. He frowned, but I ploughed on. What if I hate it there? Like, what if? He nodded a couple of times, and I knew it wasn't just for show. He always wore his feelings on his face plainly and without apology. If we give this a try, and you hate it, he said, waiting for our eyes to connect. Then we'll just move back, he said. What? He shrugged as if this were a simple thing being proposed. We just move back, just like that. He nodded again, as if I were being very silly. Yes, we'd move back. You'd do that for me. You'd let me pack it all up and come back to London. He raised our joined hands and separated them so he could gain access to my wrist. He considered it for a moment, and then kissed the inside of it. Don't you know, he said, I'd do anything for you. He pulled me into his lap, wrapping his arms around me, burying his nose in the hollow of my neck. I felt his words rumble through him and into me. Home is wherever we are. The rest is just geography. Oh, <laughs> is that not an allegory for first aid kit? <laughs> first is wherever we are, Nicole. First is wherever we are. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I am excited uh, to hear who yours is about. I imagine there will be just as much surprise when you reveal who it is. <laughs> uh, it is Hosier. Um, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I am. Wow. I feel like that meme of that guy in that video. Wow. Wow. 
Nicole writing a drabble about a long-haired musician called Hozier? I, well, I never. I absolutely never. <sighs> okay. Um, All right. Take me away, Nicole. Take me somewhere special. Okay. And just, you know, remember that Hozier is his stage name. So obviously I would not call him Hozier. As, of course not. You know, okay. No. <laughs> yeah. You're a romantic, intimate sort. Why would you? All right. <laughs> Oh my god. You're okay. giggling. You love him so much. This is one of my favorite crushes I have watched play out in your life. It really bothers me. But anyway, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I'd broken a nail and told Andrew I had to get it fixed right away because of an upcoming meeting. But really, we needed a little break. Even though cities were opening back up, we were both trying to be careful about leaving the house unnecessarily but our patience with each other was running thin. He was working on new material and had started to become a bit more internal. I had chapters to finish and was scared that the whole book thing had been a waste of time, which meant I wanted more cuddle time at night when he was in his studio. My manicure repair took maybe 30 minutes, but I was gone about four or five hours, driving around aimlessly, hitting some bookstores for curbside pickups before I went to the ice cream shop he loves. When I got home, I could smell one of my favorite candles had been lit. Andy wasn't in his studio, our office, our living room. He wasn't outside on the patio or near the fire pit. He was in the bedroom, lying in the middle of the floor, one of my candles flickering shadows over him. I rushed to his side, worried he'd fallen. Andrew, you're okay. I brushed his hair back from his face and then he curled his arms around me and pulled my head against his shoulder. He kissed me between my brows. I missed you, he said, dropping another kiss to my nose. You're so dramatic, I whispered back to him, settling into his arms, hooking my leg around his waist and letting my fingers curl in his hair. We stayed like that for a moment, listening to the soft crackle of the candle, each other's breathing. Andrew began to hum something as he stroked my back. It was something new and I let it soothe me as I breathed him in. I knew not to ask him about the melody rumbling through his chest. He'd tell me when he was ready. My eyes grew heavy as the piece of lying on the floor with him took over. He traced nonsensical lines over my arms and asked me very quietly if I wanted to know what the song was about. I nodded silently. With his mouth against my hairline, he said, it's about a woman who sinks her claws into a man and when she breaks one into his skin, he begs her to let it stay. Oof. I pulled away to look down at him. He sat up and cupped a hand along my jawline. Will you stay, he asked. Well, bitch. <laughs> I mean, a worthy last travel, I guess. Wow. Oh, I just want to so you to write good. a song for me. I want. I mean, I don't know. I think you were pretty uh, quiet about it. I don't think there's any way he can read that and come to that conclusion. Um. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. I'm so. Oh, I'm always replenished when I listen to you read one of your own travels. It gives me oh. such a bone deep pleasure. 
<laughs> because I know, I know just how you're gonna make me move. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love. I, listen, I've already said this. If I had the money, I would be bankrolling you in any number of projects. But you know, I don't have the money. But the minute I do, <laughs> babes, the minute the money touches my bank account, I'm like, all right, just funnel it back out. Give it to Nicole. Let her make some shit. <laughs> You're very good at this, Nicole. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> no, job. no. Okay, all right. Well, let me be the first. Good job. Well done. Um, no, that was <sighs> amazing. You. That was lovely. That was perfect. And um, wow. Um, there'll be a poll on Twitter. But honestly, guys, just accept the riches. <laughs> you can vote if you want. But, you know, Nicole and I feel very strongly that we win every single week. And it's nice to include you on that. And you guys are always, always so vocal about your love and enjoyment of the Drabbles. And please feel free to go onto our Twitter, which is at First Aid Kit. And just, you know, drop a little, drop a little... A little acknowledgement that you see us and that maybe you'll miss some of our weekly travels because we are going to miss them too. Okay, so this is the bit of the show where we do our credits. Um, but since this is the last time we're doing this for our weekly podcast, we wanted to kind of throw it way back and say a big thank you to not only our current producer, Cher Vincent, who always comes up at the end of the show, but all the producers, all the the midwives and the doulas along the way, all the people who helped make the show the show, uh, really. I think people uh, correctly think of Thursday Kid as uh, me and Nicole, but there is a whole team that puts in so much time and effort and blood and sweat and tears, minus the blood, uh, and <laughs> help to make the show the thing that so many people listen to every week and love and email us about and talk about. So shout out to all our producers from years past to present day. Uh, Eleanor Kagan, Julia Fralan, Agaranesha Chagre, TK Dutez, Camila Salazar. Nina Patak, Meg Kramer, Megan Dietrich, and again, Cher Vincent, um, thank you so much. <sighs> you know, it means so much to us that we have been able to do this with a crew of women behind us every step of the way. Um, you know, when we do videos, most of our producers, our video producers have been women as well. Um, we have had some men along the way help us, so thank you to those men, but, um, you know, it's, it meant a lot to us to be able to do a show um, with a primary focus and the primary target audience were women, with women backing us, with women um, making sure that we were doing the right thing, um, that we had all the help that we needed to make the show. Um, it is not lost on us what that means in this day and age still uh, mm -hmm. to be able to produce a show um, for almost three years with women producers. Um, that's it's <laughs> yes Ooh, I mean when you put it like that it suddenly becomes a sort of miracle to kind of even recount it yeah and not only were they women oftentimes they were women of color um, they were queer women yes. and 
I have been in awe of the fact that, like Nicole said, in this day and age, that was very much our foundational stone was that this is going to be a bunch of women doing this shit. And there's never a shortage. We always had amazing people with such a big amount of expertise. And they were always so giving, so willing, so helpful and helped make us and the show better along the way. So the editors, the producers, the people who sometimes just kind of sat with us and just worked on something until it made sense and felt good. So thank you to all of our crew. It, um, you know, the fact that we did not have to explain ourselves because everyone understood <laughs> what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it um, without anybody belittling or trying to dismiss what we wanted to accomplish. Um, really just it helped create the the dynamic show that we brought to you. It just, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but it, it just really was uh, significant for us. And the reason why, the reasons why our podcast has been able to reach so many people is because we had such good support. 100%. Well said. And on that note, we should say a big thank you also to Slate who gave us a new home when things looked like the lights were going out. Um, so shout out to Gabe and June and the rest of the Slate crew who rallied for us and uh, helped make even this, our last season, so fun and great and jam-packed with, I don't know if you've listened to the show where we had, I don't know, Jake Johnson or the one where we had <laughs> Mark Rebier or the one where we had Jason Matsukas. Um Shout out to the whole team that helped make a lot of stuff happen. And I want to say specifically... Shout out to you, Nicole. <laughs> like, <laughs> on a pure level of support. I know we talk a lot about the support that comes outside of the pair of us. But, like, within the pair of us, I am grateful that you and I struck up a friendship on the internet that became real and then became a podcast. Like, that shit doesn't happen all the time. Um, and I have to say, like, the minute we did the pilot, I was kind of like, this shit's going to be lit. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it in my heart. And over the last three years, it has been borne out every single time we step in and start recording. You are one of the best interviewers I have ever worked with or even listened to. You are incredibly kind. You are incredibly warm. Um, and I know a lot of people kind of, listen to us and because i'm so uh gregarious and loud and chatty and people kind of think oh bim does a lot of the talking um i do but it's not because <laughs> nicole doesn't have stuff to say she is just like a consistent rock um it kind of burns my grits when people don't understand that we have a dynamic that works for us that we happen to put on the radio um but if it's ever unclear that I respect and appreciate Nicole, let that not be unclear any longer. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better co-pilot. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> so I love you very much. <laughs> oh no. And I love this stupid podcast that we made together. <laughs> So I hope we get to do many more. I hope we get to do so many more. You are a light in my life and I love you. Bill, you can't make me cry in two no. episodes. You're not going to cry. You're not going to cry. Wipe your eyes. Come on, pull it together, Nicole. I remember 
many, many moons ago, following you on Twitter, you were living in Berlin for a little bit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Was that when? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and I just remember, you know, so many of the men and the shows that you were talking about were also the men and the shows that I was, <laughs> that I was thinking about. And we started DMing each other and we kept being like, are we, are we related somehow? Like, I don't know how I remember I'm that. to be related to you. I'm from Tennessee in America. <laughs> you are British Nigerian. I don't know where we connect. <laughs> I'm not giving 23andMe my DNA, but somehow there is something there. <laughs> we have to be kin somehow. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's wild because whatever format of communication there is, we talk on it every day. Oh, my God, we do. Twitter DMs, <laughs> IG DMs, text, WhatsApp, yep. <laughs> Slack, it's kind of ridiculous. email, like... <laughs> It is oh all gosh. there. I remember when you were on, uh, you were a guest on another round, uh, one of their live shows, and you were talking about what is a thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came to New York for a fellowship, and yep. we finally met in person, and I actually hugged you. And as you know, I am not a hugger. Listen, I was just as surprised by that hug then as I am today all these years. Because I'm like, she is. She says often and loudly, do not touch me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a hug. And that's, in fact, that was when I thought to myself, oh, okay. Oh, all right. We yeah. are definitely related. Yeah. And then, you know, we were talking to each other. We'd be having these really good animated conversations. And people would walk by and just drop, y'all should start a podcast. And then leave. And it's like, oh. Huh, maybe. But at the time, it, that was the thing, right? Everybody was like, right. oh, we should start a podcast. No, we should start a podcast, you know? And right. we didn't want it to be a cliche, but here we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We started um, a podcast, babes. We yes, started a podcast. Yes. And it has been a joy in my life. Um, mm -hmm. All the frustrations mean nothing because the joy overpowered all of that. Um, oh this has been such a boon to me in my life, my career, um, the things that I didn't even realize that I wanted to do. Um, you just helped me carve a path that I didn't even know was there. So I appreciate you, Bam. I appreciate the show. Cher, thank you so much for joining yes. us. Thank you, Cher, for coming in. <laughs> it, is, it is hard to join something that's already been established and yeah. you came in and you are here with us and we will never forget you. We are so grateful to you. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you for being a part of Thursday Kit. Um, <gasps> this is history, Cher. This is history. <laughs> <laughs> Live from New York. It's history. <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, but, okay. But thank you to our thirst buckets. Uh, oh my God. Yes been yes. there from day one who let us call you thirst buckets yes <laughs> um. there was no consent here i apologize we just went in and named you thank you <sighs> oh yes. my gosh um 
Yes. You know, our social media will not necessarily go dark, but obviously we won't be as um, prolific, shall we say. We won't be on there as often. Um, right. You know, one of our producers, Julia, liked to tell, liked to tell us um, there's no such thing as a podcast emergency. Well, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as a thirst emergency, but <laughs> if you shine the light... <laughs> We will be there. All right, Bruce, <laughs> tell them about that. Yes. I feel like we're going to like return at some point and touch the ground and be like, something huge happened here. <laughs> and it'll be a thirst earthquake. Um, but I am, that's exact. You know what? You nailed it. Shine the light and we will, Gotham will have its heroes. Okay. We will get up and we will do something. Um, Please stay tuned. If there is any news, um, we will put it on Twitter and Tumblr. You will see it. You will hear it. You will feel it in your Shondo. You will wake up and you'll reach for a can of pineapple juice and you'll think, huh, (laughs) something's happening and it will be happening. So um, stay tuned. Thank you for rocking with us this long and hope to see you at some point in the world uh, out there doing stuff. we couldn't have done any of this without you. Uh, we only make a podcast because there was an audience. So thank you for being that audience. Whether you're new or old, we appreciate your ears. We appreciate your heart. And of course, we appreciate your thirst. Thursday Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewunmi. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at ThirstAidKit and we're on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. If you like to live tweet your listen, there is a hashtag. It's TACPOD, T-A-K-P-O-D, and you can join other Thirst Buckets in reacting to the show in real time. Or, if you prefer, you can write us an email and send it to thirstaykit at slate.com. You can find every one of our episodes and links to listen at slate.com slash podcast. If you're a Slate Plus member, please keep listening after the show for the subscription-only extra. And you can join Slate Plus for $35 for the first year. You'll get a little extra from this show and all other Slate shows with zero ads. Visit slate.com slash thirstaidplus to sign up. Bim, Nicole, <laughs> I will see you in WhatsApp. But this has oh. been <laughs> this has been amazing. Oh my God! See you on WhatsApp, sis. I do love you. And, I love you uh, too. The thirst never dies. Thirst buckets, it never dies. Never. When, when Nicole first says Andy, I looked up and Cher, Cher was like, Andy? And even even wordlessly, I was like, Andy. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I saw you mouth it. You said it like, oh, Andy? And I was like, when you said, I, when I looked up at you and I was like, killed it. Same reaction, but I couldn't say it because I, I love it so much. I was like, all right, Cher, 10 points. <sighs>